0: yes okay so yesterday morning we were practicing seeing um, our personal angels for our friends can you do that with people who are not in the room or uh, see their angels or have see into their situations or their lives uh, even though you're not proximal so you're asking are you asking can I personally do, do that uh, or just in general? Both, both. okay. Um, so uh, the answer to both is yes. Now, um, I, in my experience so far, I can only see physically with my eyes what's going on in the spirit where my eyes go, which makes sense, I would hope. Um, but as we talked about in the activation, uh, if I'm not seeing something with my physical eyes, I can ask the Holy Spirit to show me the same way He'd give me a prophetic word about anything. And so, in that way, yeah, I can ask what my friend in Botswana's uh, personal angel looks like, and I can m- more than likely get a Have the Holy Spirit give me a picture about what that looks like. Does that does that make sense? So, with my physical eyes, no, because I don't have like cool telescope vision or or anything like that. But. Um, Yeah, I haven't had that specific experience. I've only been able to see things that are in the in the same room that I am. So, yeah. All right, who's next? How might you help a child who is seeing in the spirit and seeing the demonic and is scared at the moment through changing their perspective? Totally, yeah. So um, we talked a little bit about this last night, but... Uh, since I started talking about this publicly, I have run into a shocking number of people who have been seeing the Spirit since childhood but have just not talked about it um, because they were uh, just worried about it. And it, it is relatively typical for people who are born with the gift of seeing the Spirit to experience a lot of fear um, or see a lot of demonic things more frequently. Interestingly, it, for people who uh, receive this gift later in life, they almost, it's almost harder for them to see the demonic oftentimes. Um, I think this is because the enemy tries to cram as much of a negative experience as possible into our young experience so that we have the reaction of, oh, this is a bad door, I'm going to close it. Um, now, the very, very simple thing I would suggest if you have children that are experiencing seeing the Spirit is this is all about teaching them how to focus on what God's doing. And, you know, we, they're learning how to exercise that authority. They're learning what it really means to, to have have the, the blood of Jesus cover them, to, to have the protection uh, that, that God can provide. Um, and so the goal is to get them to focus on what God's doing. So my some of my kids have gone through this, and I just say, oh, do you see what any angels are doing? Do you see Jesus in the room? And... The more they exercise that muscle, the easier it will be to kind of turn their attention toward what God's doing. And as I described before, when you see the demonic in the context of God's presence, it's not scary at all. So that's what I would suggest. It's a very simple suggestion, but what's Jesus doing? Do you see any angels? So, yeah. All right. Next question. Hi, my name is Elaine. (laughs) Hello, <laughs> nice to meet you. Thank you for coming, by the way. Really Thank appreciate you. it. Um, so, one of the things I've been wondering for a while is whether the gift of seeing in the spirit is always from the Holy Spirit, or if there's ever any time where there's another kind of door that's not holy that allows people to see in the spirit world, and how do you tell the difference? Yeah. So, th- this is this area here. We'll get into stuff that is my opinion. Um, if I run into a superior opinion, I will change my opinion. So, But this is my current opinion. Disclaimer at the end. Um, I don't think that there are evil gifts of the Spirit. <laughs> I think there are God-given gifts of the Spirit only. Now, with that said, those gifts that he gives you, the Bible says the gifts of God are irrevocable. Um, that is like... This isn't the perfect metaphor, but it's a decent one. It's like me giving my son a hammer. This is a tool that you can use. Now, you and I can work together on this house, and I can teach you how to use it, and teach you how to use it safely, and teach you how to use it healthily, or you can run away from me and go hit my car with the hammer. Does that, does that make sense? Or your brother, <laughs> which some people do, which is a different subject. Um, I, I Okay, don't get mad at me for this. But um, so like I've walked down Venice Beach in, um, in Los Angeles and there's tons of psychics and tarot card readers and all that stuff. And I, I sat down with this one uh, psychic to try to minister to her. And I looked at her in the spirit and I saw these glasses on her and they were made out of gold. And I realized that she had a prophetic gift from God now the glasses looked tarnished they looked dirty they looked old they they hadn't been taken care of they were a little bit bent and i realized like oh this is a gift from god that has been kept apart from his care and it's a gift this is just her her lens but she is very sadly not not using it in cooperation with the holy spirit which will always be an inferior manifestation of that gift but it is a gift does that make sense um You know, you can get into a whole thing with this, of like, okay, here I go. Um, I think that there are certain bands that have a worship gift that is from God that they used to uh, send messages of hate towards God and God's people. I think there are people who have a gift of preaching on their life, who use it to attract people to them and their ideas that are not Godly ideas. I think that is a gift from God, though. Does that make sense? And so I, I think there are historical figures who had a, had apostolic gifts, gifts to lead and direct people, and they directed people in the wrong direction. But I think that was a gift from God that he intended for good. Does that make sense? And so I think it's much broader than just the prophetic gifts and and, and things like that. But I... Until I run into something that, that convinces me otherwise, I believe that all the gifts from God, I believe that the enemy can only manipulate and twist those gifts. He's, he's, he's not the creator, so he can't make that stuff. He can make a cheap copy, he can make a counterfeit, he can try to convert something that, that's not his, but um, you know, every person that I've known who got started in witchcraft or in the new age or things like that, when they come into the kingdom, they're often surprised, like, oh, this is kind of the same thing. I'm just doing it with God. You know, I'm not just doing it on my own or with some fake spirit guide or, or wrong spirit guide. I'm doing this with God, you know. And so they almost have, again, it's just a false version, if that makes sense. So that's, that's my opinion currently on the subject. So, all right. I have a question that goes right along with that. Mm-hmm. So when you have met people that have come out of you know, being in witchcraft, um, what do you do to help them understand that when they're seeing things and when they're experiencing things like they did when they were in the world and not, you know, partnering with mm-hmm. Holy Spirit that it's not a bad thing, because I, for myself, I've experienced that with some people where they're like, wait, is this, is, am I am I stepping back into witchcraft, or is this really God? How do you help people to understand the difference? Yeah. And, and this is one of those areas where we really need the whole body of Christ to really come together and, and really... A, this is where like the cooperation of all the different gifts is so beautiful because you have the the teachers who will help bring the biblical basis for the God version of of that. And we have this wonderful guide with, with the scriptures You'll have the pastors who can disciple them into really understanding in the heart the difference of what it is to have a relationship with God and and to operate in those gifts with Him. You know, you can have the the prophetic people who can kind of demonstrate what it, what the difference is and how it looks. And so, this is where the the body of Christ can surround someone. And this this is true of someone who comes out of witchcraft versus someone who's just getting getting saved you know, out of out of anything else you know that we need the whole body of Christ to represent who he is to them so that they can kind of learn the the multi-dimensional kind of see who God is from multiple angles if if that makes sense and it's um you know and and this is just this is me switching over to pastoral mode a little bit but you know, like, it's probably appropriate for them to kind of take a little break. Okay, you don't, you're in recovery mode. You don't need to be operating in those gifts right now. You don't need to be effective in those gifts right now. You're in a recovery, rehabilitation, you know, mode. And um, now those people are probably going to grow in the God version of those gifts very quickly because they probably had a version of that gift to start, you know. Um, but I think it's so healthy to take a season of just stepping back, rehabilitating, it's kind of starting from zero and they not because that gift isn't their identity it's, it's one expression of it you know and so they don't need to be doing that constantly to be be uh god's god's kid you know and so uh so that's just the, the practical pastoral side of like you, you take some time to step away from it and then kind of learn how to you know it's like when someone has a severe injury and has to kind of learn how to walk again it's, it's very similar it's like okay we're resetting and we're learning how to do this differently you know and now I've, I've uh, have friends who are wonderful success stories of that very thing. That they were deep into that stuff, and they're amazing, holy, righteous, you know, bi- Bible-based, prophetic people now, and that's beautiful. It's a beautiful story. So, yeah. Hi, I'm Carissa. Um, were you gonna see something? Okay. I am wondering, it seems like you get a lot of revelation. <laughs> so I'm wondering, is there a time where you've been overwhelmed with that? And maybe if not, maybe could you describe how you know um, like, how to pull out what's essential from like a large amount of revelation? Uh, the, the short pithy answer is decades of practice. Um, uh, so let's just take this room for example. Um, there's stuff that's going on because of the conversation that we're having right now. There's, there's angels that are releasing things, adjusting minds, adjusting perspectives. There's every single one of you has a personal angel with you right now. Every single one of you has a spiritual ecosystem that's going on around, around you right now. This is the stuff that you carry, the kind of activity that's attracted to you. All of you are having different processes and things just kind of popping about you right now. There's stuff that's going on in here that's based on what this church carries, what the current assignment of this church is. There's stuff based in that is in here spiritually, structurally, that's based on what the destiny of this church has been and will be, stuff that's long-term stuff that's sitting there. There's stuff that's going on based on what's going on around this area regionally. There's stuff that's going on in here that's based on what's happening nationally and globally around here. And that's just part of what's going on in here right now. Um, Which sounds nuts, but let's just flip over to the physical world for a second. What's going on physically right here? There's a whole bunch of people that are all wearing different clothes, that have different styles of hair, that have different expressions on their faces, that um, have different things in their hands. And uh, then there's this room with uh, this stuff over here. I'm guessing it's a testimony thing, because it says so. Um, then, <laughs> and then there's this thing over here that's another thing. There's this art over here. There's these panels on the wall that do something. And so, like for example, I used to get really overwhelmed when a pastor would walk up to me and say, in the middle of worship and say, "So what you see in?" <laughs> <Because>, uh, everything <laughs> <laughs> And if you, if there was a blind person in here right now and they said, "What do you see in this room, what would your answer be?" Well, some of now this is where it gets interesting, because some of us would say, Oh yeah, there's this really cool screen up here, and they have this uh, great lighting setup going on here. They have sound dampeners on the wall. They have lighting that's recessed a little bit up in here, because some of us would be technical, technically minded, and be interested in those things. Some of us would immediately start explaining the people and what they are wearing and what their what their kind of demeanor is, because they'd be more interested in those things. Some people would be explaining uh, the testimony wall and the wailing wall because they're more interested in th- that aspect of things so all that to say um i didn't get a chance to talk about this a lot here but as soon as i learned that what i was experiencing was the result of a gift i was immediately convinced that it was meant to be available for every christian just like the gift of prophecy just like any other spiritual gift because there's way too much going on for one person or just a handful of people to be seeing it because that's how good that's how complex that's how beautiful our god is So. now that I've laid that out some. uh, Yes, there are lots of times that I was super overwhelmed until I realized there's way too much. I couldn't possibly account for it, record it. Even if that was my job, just to write it all down, I couldn't possibly do all of that. So that means I'm not responsible for everything. So then I could start having a conversation with God. Okay, what am I responsible for? Because if I was responsible for every just person in here, I would be here until four o'clock in the morning talking about your prophetic destiny, your prophetic history, what God's doing with you right now, what he's going to be doing with you. Because he has stuff to say about all of that right now. And that's not because I'm some awesome prophetic guy. That's because he's an awesome prophetic God. You know? So what do I do again? Holy Spirit, what do I do? (laughs) Even when I get to like, what should I talk about tonight? I got 30 things I could talk about but this is the thing that he brought to my, to my heart to talk about. And part of me is like, ah, this is kind of a message I share with people when they've heard me like eight times, not when most of the crowd has heard me zero times, but it's what he said, so I'm just gonna do it because if I try to figure it out or logistically plan it, then I just get lost because there's too much. And so um, what I would say is whether it's with the prophetic or seeing the Spirit or anything, you just rest and find, find a resting place and say, okay, God, what am I supposed to do? And as you do that more and more, you start to get a feel for where you're called. Um, those of you who have been to multiple of my meetings, you'll notice that when I talk about seeing in the Spirit, uh, tonight is kind of an exception, but most of the time I talk of talking about it in a very relational way because that's my zone, that's how I think, that's, that's how I operate, that's the lens that I'm looking through is how does this, what I'm seeing, relate to people? How does this connect to people? And even when I see something big and weird and crazy like that whole vision, I'm thinking, okay, what do I do with it? Oh, I have an assignment. That's what I do with it. That's what people do with it. Because that's the way that I think. Someone else is going to be thinking about how that, how we got to intercede for all those things or how, how that's going to affect government. Some of you were thinking about how that's going to affect business because that's your world and that's your lens. And so as you get led by the Lord more and more and more, and as you start to recognize where you naturally get pulled, you recognize, like, oh, I have a calling in this area. It doesn't mean I never step outside of it, but I kind of know where my lane is. And so... It's in cooperation with him and his voice that we start to sco- to discover not only our lane, but we also learn how to cooperate with his voice when he's asking us to step outside of it a little bit. And so, I hope that that helps a, a little bit. So, great. Two more. Right. <laughs> this one's really short. I think. Oh, great! Cool. Think. Uh, I'll make it long somehow. I'm sure. <laughs> you prayed for our eyes and our ears to be open. So, do you hear? in addition to seeing, like, outside of directly asking Holy Spirit or God what's going on? Yeah. So, so one of my fun catchphrases that I like to say is that nothing that I have seen in my entire life has been as important, as impactful, as transformative as what the Holy Spirit has had to say about the things that I see. Um... This is all designed to be done out of relationship with God. If I do not have a conversation with the Holy Spirit, this is a very exciting light show. Like, that's that's it. It's And it used to be that for me, of like, what is that? Why is it here? What is that bluish, blackish, grayish, smokiest, solidish, liquidish thing? <laughs> Until I have 400 conversations with the Holy Spirit, I don't know. And um, so honestly, if you have the gift of seeing in the Spirit and you don't have a relationship with God, it's, it's you know, it's just not very helpful. Um, and so that's why I always pray for, for both, is is without that, um, uh, you know, it's funny. It, not only would it, it would just get boring because it's just a bunch of stuff going on, you know. And if you don't know what it means or what it's for or how it connects, then it's just... You know, some of you didn't notice what kind of lighting we have in here until I pointed it out. Some of you didn't notice the sound dampeners in the back because you just don't care about them, really, and that's fine, you know. But if we start to understand, if we get invited into the purpose, the design, how that fits into everything else, and we're led there by the Holy Spirit, then we can actually start to contextualize those things in a way that's helpful. So, as promised, I made that longer than it needed to be, but (laughs) there you go. All right. Hi. Hi. So, I work a corporate job, Mm -hmm. and 2 2 p.m. on a Thursday is not really the best time to be seeing a demon on my coworker. (laughs) So, you know, because, like, Mm -hmm. yes, it's a gift, but there are times when I kind of need to, like, pull in. Do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And you talked about shutting it down, and so I don't think I'm good at that yet. Can you help me? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's called suppressing your emotions. No, just kidding. (laughs) Uh, So, two things I'll tell you. Um, Every spiritual gift has an off switch. It has an off switch because you are not called to solve every problem that is related to that gift, whatever it is. That's for the teachers, the pastors, the evangelists, the preachers, everyone. There is an off switch. It is on purpose. God designed human beings with a fundamental need to sleep. Even our bodies have a rest mode (laughs) called sleep. and and so, yes, there's an off switch. Um, to to get in alignment with that off switch and recognize where it is and how to engage it, has to do with resting an identity in Him. Now it depends on what reason it's hard to turn it off. It can be hard to turn it off because you feel responsible. That was that was my experience. Was. I feel responsible. I need to do something. I see this; that means I'm supposed to do something about it, and I got to figure out what I'm supposed to do. And I suddenly realize, like, oh, I'm not responsible for everything, so I can I don't need to. Some of us um, feel it that way. Some of us are are naturally very emotionally in tune people, so we can. I'm guessing that's what you are. Just we'll call it a guess. Um, uh, <laughs> that. Um, this is harder to turn off. It's not impossible, but it's harder because it's It's the same basic thing of I feel responsible, but it comes from I love this person. And even if you don't feel, uh, even if you're annoyed by this person, you have this deep thing where you can't help but love people. And I'm sorry slash you're welcome. That's actually a really a good thing. Um, <laughs> even people who are super mean, you just love them. It's annoying, I know, but it just happens. Um, and so... What i would suggest for you is recognize step back into the identity of jesus you are the most compassionate being in the universe you i trust you with this person i trust you with this person i trust you with this person you're gonna have to do it a lot at first because it's hard to let go of people even people that annoy you (laughs) but i trust you with this person because i can't i can't help them i wish i could and, and the, you know, this gets into a whole thing of, like, I have to do it with my kids. I have more influence over them than I do on any other human being on the planet. And yet still, I somehow can't control them. It's weird. It's weird. <laughs> the, they're a third my size. <laughs> and I still can't control them. <laughs> and so, even with my kids, with strangers, with anyone, it's okay. Okay, Lord, I trust you with them. I trust you with them. And because it's deeply rooted in it, you'll catch yourself holding on to it again, but you'll get good at working this muscle to where you don't have to think about it eventually. Now, the other thing that I would suggest is, it, it because of that, it is ok. One way to help um, disconnect emotionally in, in a healthy way, as opposed to suppressing your emotions, is is saying, okay, I don't have do not I, I don't, I'm not going to automatically assume that I have a responsibility here unless you tell me. So. Here we are, I see this thing. Holy Spirit, what do you have to say? Not so that I know what to do, even that may come up, but so that I understand your kingdom just a little bit more. And you'll be surprised. I, I this is getting to a whole other thing, but I, I wasted a lot of energy because I thought that my the highest purpose of my gift was to be an effective servant. And so I was like, if I'm not using this to benefit other people, I'm wasting time. And so I kept trying to use it, kept trying to use it, and had a lot of trouble early on until years later when I crossed a threshold and went into a new season and realized it was the season for me to start sharing it with other people. I realized like, oh, that whole time was just for me to learn. <laughs> if I had known that was the main goal, I would have been less anxious about all the people I wasn't helping. Yeah. It doesn't mean I wasn't supposed to ever share about it. It just meant that the main purpose during that time was for me to learn about it. And that was a 10-year period. That was a long chunk of time. And, and that's if I went back to 12-year-old Blake, that's what I'd tell him. Don't worry. You're just supposed to figure it out. That's all. You're just, you're just. And so because of that, you can healthily disconnect emotionally and recognize this is a learning situation. My father knows that. And so he is responsible for the outcome of this, not me. I'm just responsible to learn and to talk to him about it and to get good at talk to, talking to him about it. And that takes time. You won't even be good at that at first. You know, no no one is. And and there's times that I'm not still. You know, it's, okay, I see a demon on my coworker. What do I do with that? Holy Spirit. What do you have to say about that? Holy Spirit. And sometimes you just get a teeny tiny little thing, but then you get another teeny tiny little thing over here, then over here, then over here. And all of a sudden, all those will connect together. And you'll be like, I know how that works. Oh, my goodness. That's crazy. And... So that's that's my suggestion. Is is you you, and again because it's uh, attached to your compassion, there'll, there'll be some initial challenge there, but it's it's a habit. It it's, it has to be repeated and to recognize this isn't me not loving them. This is me protecting my ability to love them. Mm-hmm. Is that I'm I'm not responsible for this? God is. So, yeah. So, so I have a question. I'm gonna break my rule here. Oh, perfect um, <laughs> is. So you mentioned, for those of maybe uh, those of us who weren't down at Pickerington the whole time, mm-hmm. but you did mention a couple of th- times at Pickerington, just some, you almost kind of teased some things you saw. <laughs> can I ask, what are, you, what are you seeing over this campus, or over this school, or over this church? Just in some, some, maybe some mm-hmm. highlights. Some yeah, yeah, we can touch on that briefly. Um, so we talked a little bit about what was going on in worship, and that was that was fun. That's, that's actually just still going. It's <laughs> fun. Um... There, there's a couple things that are highlighted to me. So first, um, I can see um, I saw a similar thing that was under construction at the, at the other campus. This aspect of it is more complete here, but I see these uh, pillars lining the walls. And there, I'm not a construction guy, but let's just say they're 12 feet apart, approximately. Now, I see right now, and that's all the way around the entire thing. And I asked the Holy Spirit what that was, and I heard him say, it's, it's to um, hold the weight of the governmental position I have for this church in this area. Um, this is getting into a whole other thing, but um, which I know I say a lot, uh, but uh, churches are a, are a community and a, a group of believers. They are also a governmental position in cities. <laughs> um, and the, you guys have a specific governmental call and you have specific uh, governmental authority over, over your city. What I see right now under construction all around the entire room is a, is pillars that are in between all the others, which is making them six feet apart, which if you know construction at all, the more of those you have, the more weight that you can hold. Um, and I feel like you're in a season where God is actually doubling your, your governmental influence over this area. And I want to encourage you. I feel like I heard the Holy Spirit say, it's because you've chosen to honor your city instead of fight against your city or, or pray against your city. You've chosen to pray for your city rather than to con- condemn it or 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 things like that. And so because of that, you guys are being invited into another layer of, of authority in, in this area. Which is, that's, a, that's, a, that's an A plus in the report card. <laughs> now there's this it, no, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a little thing. Uh, I caught this while I was looking at your uh, testimony slash wailing wall. Um, I just saw. Uh, I, I, I didn't get it until I read the text. Always read the always read the text. Um, uh, there was angels who were drawing strings from cards here over to cards here, um, which that's fun. Uh, and they're through most of them, honestly. So if you got something up there. Um, working on it and if not you might want to put it up there quick this is they're still working on it which that's fun um, <clears throat> so this is another thing um there's some angels at the uh, back yeah just at the back that are uh, tearing down your ceiling um, this is a good thing I promise <laughs> um, and that there's a ceiling there in the spirit is not a bad thing just to be clear we can sometimes think that way but um that you you're um coming to a um a season of a outpouring of his presence that is that is unprecedented in in your environment um and it's cool because it's gonna start from the back to the front, so it's actually gonna be this weird thing where the people who are most disengaged, now if you sit in the back, it's okay, I like to sit in the back, it's, it's not, it's, this, this is meta, spiritual talk. Um, the people who are most disengaged are going to start having the greatest encounters. And 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 it, I wanna encourage you to celebrate because it, it will start small, it will start with widow's mite type people, where it's like they've been 100% disengaged and they get to 99% disengaged, which may not seem like a, a lot, but it's that widow's might thing, where it's like, oh, they just gave all they had just now. You know, it's, it's that kind of thing. That's going to snowball really quickly, and so it's back to the front, which is fun. Another thing that will be unique is that um, you'll, it'll be surprising the amount of influence Governmental influence you'll have in this area for a church that is so open to the spirit, that we kind of have this cliche that those are incompatible. Um, that is just a cliche, but you guys are going to be a really good model for how you can be both. You can have influence in the in a community that doesn't understand the, the supernatural, but they will recognize the love and the honor and the authority that you carry, and um, and they some they will either start to receive some of the spiritual blessing or they will just tolerate it because, of, because the effect is something they can recognize. Um, the last thing that I see, which is interesting, um, uh, is I see this teeny tiny little seed that's planted way in the back in a little corner um, and it's this bright, bright green little sprout that's popping up and um i asked the holy spirit what that what that was and i heard him say it's uh it's unity that's kind of weird why is there's a teeny tiny little unity seed over there um and i heard him say it's unity that starts small um and i i think that there is a um I taught about this at the uh, at the other campus this, this morning, about honor, and I mentioned that briefly. Um, I think that learning what honor looks like from every single seat in this church is something that God is going to start one by one, individually, as a tiny seed planting in every single person's heart. And this is a beautiful thing because honor isn't, I automatically agree with you. And it's it's God's love determines the way that I conduct my disagreement with you. That God's love determines how I conduct uh, a, a different perspective between you and I. God's love determines how I how I walk out uh, feeling hurt by you. And I just see that that is going to that, that he is laying seeds of a culture of honor. And it's not to say that you don't have a culture of honor, but this is a this is a deep personally owned culture of honor. And that's something, I'm really, that's something I'm really excited about, because with that, it's really hard for the devil to do like anything in your environment <laughs> and to do like anything with your people, because you, you you have one another's back. You you cover one another. You protect one another. You, you speak into one another. You call one another out in a loving way. And the devil gets super frustrated, like, I was working on something. You're kicking my sandcastles over. This is annoying. Um, that's a really dangerous thing in the the best kind of way. So that's a couple things that I see going on right now. Thank you so much. Wow, you guys just blessed me. Kind of take a little bit of...